Greetings and welcome to Burn After Pitching, uh, our latest COVID compliant episode. So we have today my partner in crime, Michael Tanner. Hey, how's it going? And our guests, Abed Gaith. Hello. And Molly Osborne. Hello. Molly, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, I'm located in Los Angeles. I do special effects and stop motion puppets for film and television shows. So Nice. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Michael, well, we all know, but for any new listeners, can you give us uh, the, you know, a, a thumbnail sketch of the world of Michael Tanner? Well, I'm an artist, a lover, an all-around renaissance person here in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm co-creator of Junior Braves of the Apocalypse from Oni Press, uh, some self-published stuff. And uh, co-host of this show, Burn After Pitching. Cool. Abed, tell yes. us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I uh, currently I don't have a job, but normally I, I'm a writer. I get bounced around different Cartoon Network shows. Um, okay. I, I wrote on Apple and Onion, and it's a new show that hasn't been released yet called Ticket Seek. Wow. My okay. friend, uh, uh, made the show. Uh, Mike Chillian, I don't know if you know him. And oh, yeah, I, know. I used to have a podcast. I don't know what's happening with that, but I mean, I'm still pitching and writing every day. Oh, I also, well, there's a project I'm working on with Michael Tanner, but we can't talk about it, right, Mike? Not yet. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. <laughs> oh, well, and I, Mike and me are good friends, and, and we're, we're kind of co-writers now, and, and he's amazing. I'm very happy, lucky to be working with him. Ooh, cool. exciting. Thank now, you. this podcast, even are we allowed to see old episodes of it, and where would we find it? Oh, it's called Gone Riffin. Okay. Rich Fulcher, and they're all online, like, but we... We had, it's not the COVID that stopped us. We just sort of had this problem of like, we had no place to record anymore. Mm -hmm. So so we didn't know how to like keep going. And, and he's got a family and a really good job. <laughs> and I got more time. I, I, I make it sound like he's this famous guy. And he has no time for me, but that's not the case. It's just hard to get together to record. We had a problem getting guests. Oh, okay. A lot of people, we know what that's like. Yeah. Were, and that made the, the interviews awkward. Ah. Because uh, I won't say names, but one guest kind of, like, I don't think they really knew what, who we were and what was happening. <laughs> so awkward in a bad way, not the Office UK way. Well, awkward in a way that's good for the audience, but not the people making it. Ah. <laughs> cool. Anyways, let's jump in, because this podcast is a pitching podcast. We will have one, two, three topics today. Uh, first and third, they know ahead of time. Second is a special mystery topic. But for our oh. first topic, yeah, part of the mystery. Uh, our first topic, uh, in uh, in honor of the time we could actually go outside and visit stuff, including uh, crappy roadside attraction tourist traps, such as uh, I think we've all got our favorite. I love the mystery spot. Uh, Michael, what's your favorite tourist trap? My favorite tourist trap is unfortunately one I've never been able to visit because I've never gone there. Uh -huh. uh, but it is apparent. I think it's located in West Virginia. It is a Civil War dinosaur tourist trap where it's it has a bunch of statues, like very <laughs> cartoony looking statues of Confederate and Union soldiers fighting dinosaurs. Whoa! Um, <laughs> it's uh, I've seen pictures. I'm like, I want to go to there. But, like, when am I ever going to go to West Virginia? But that was my favorite one, in theory. That's my new favorite one. Although, I, I don't know, like, are they at least honest about the history of the Confederacy? Or is this, like, an alt-history where... Oh, I'm sure it's an alt-history. Is this appropriate, you guys? Is this a what? I'm sorry? Is this appropriate with all this shit going on? <laughs> I 
I'm just kidding. I can, I can, I can change it because my favorite one used to be Capone's Chicago in Chicago, a great cheapy tourist trap in the middle of Chicago about oh. the history of Al Capone. And it even had like animatronics. Um, wow. It got, it got torn down and turned into a rainforest cafe. Um, oh, that is. Did they keep the animatronics and just put them? They in a they. Setting? It's really weird, yeah, because you have a tiger that's wearing like a three piece pinstripe suit and a fedora. With a Tommy gun, <laughs> has a cigar and the Tommy gun. It's it's really inappropriate. Yeah. Careful, he's got a gun. Oh man, well, I, as soon as we get done with all this uh, army based stuff, I'm sure we'll start dealing with the the uh, problematic history of dinosaur Confederate. Uh, tourist traps, but uh, Abed, how about you? Do you have a favorite? Well, the the, the crazy thing for me is that what one of the favorites. Unfortunately, I, I wrote on a show called Apple and Onion, and I think I pitched this one, but that's why I don't want to say that one. Okay, be an episode of that show, uh, but because that was the ultimate tourist trap for me. But I'm going to go with the safety one for your episode, which is Disneyland. Oh, okay. Disneyland is probably the best place i've ever been like we're all describing and and, and i want to go there so bad right now even though it's close oh, yes uh, <laughs> and i've been watching that imagineering show which is blowing my mind oh i'll have to ask what that is i love imagineering and uh, oh, it's a whole show about like the imagineers and how they create oh because i've been watching a lot of youtube videos about like the past rides the rides that are gone and that's just yeah. that's utterly yeah. you can ride any ride on youtube yeah, like they kept that twenty thousand league ride open a long time. Consider apparently it was just a nightmare to keep algae free. Apparently, audience something to try out. I mean, this isn't Disneyland related, but go on YouTube and look up the ET ride that was for Universal. That's was it as good as the Atari video game of ET? No, it was the movie, but they had a ride at, at Universal for years, and it was the ET. Like it was amazing. Like yeah. you were you were flying through. At one point, you go to his planet. Do you go on bikes? I forget. Yes, yes, you're on bikes. Ah, he also says your name when you're leaving, uh, <laughs> which freaked out one of my cousins. He like took off running into the park because he couldn't understand how ET knew his name. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's cool. I, I think it's the ride that establishes that ET is an intelligent vegetable. Like uh, that's <laughs> he's a rutabaga, right? Maybe I don't, he looks sort of tuberish in his body. Anyways, well, uh, uh, in the interest of moving on, Molly, how about your favorite? Uh, um, world's largest thermometer. It's on the way to oh, Vegas. Yeah. Yes. It's only operating sometimes. That's the one never... by the uh, big boy? Yeah, yeah. That, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, every time you drive to Vegas, my family has to hear my tirade against the thermometer because it's not a thermometer. It's just a no. digital display of the temperature. There's no mercury or alcohol. That is, yeah, that is very tourist trappy in that it is completely fake. I would say 50% of the time we've driven past it, it has been shut down. Ah, good. Serves them right. But even though, as we have just noted, there is a rich history of tourist traps in the United States, we can always use more. And so I would like to hear your pitch for a new tourist trap. Uh, Molly, you went last. So this time you get to go first. Tell us right. about your tourist trap. Okay. So my tourist trap is the world's largest dipping sauce collection. Ah, um, it is, I it like is more... That museum than a store um so they have different sections like rare dips from regional or international fast food chains Mm -hmm. um vintage dips from fast food restaurants of days past (laughs) um they could have a sponsored dipping pool in the back like the hidden valley dipping pool 
Um, Watch out, Augustus Gloop. Yes. <laughs> um, so you can't eat the dips. They're only on display because sometimes there's only going to be like one dip available if it's a very rare dip. So you can't eat it. But there is kind of a uh, Pawn Stars like format where if you have dips that are rare, you can bring them in and try to sell the dips to the museum. <laughs> um, and you can trade them for cash or for multiple cheaper dips if you want. Uh, I foresee no botulism lawsuits there. None. <laughs> oh, what I love about this is, is tourist traps are quintessentially American and dipping sauces are quintessentially American. So you've, it's like America squared. Yes. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Uh, Abed, can you top the Dipping Sauce Museum? Well, you know, there there, there was um, this wonderful place when I was growing up called Mickey's Grove. Um, mm-hmm. You guys aren't, I think it was in San Jose maybe, but it was the weirdest thing because it was like they were trying to be Disneyland, but it was shitty. And I love that concept. <laughs> and I think mine would just be like a theme park that's more like a public park that's like free, but then Instead of rides, you can play hide and seek, or you can mm-hmm. play uh, heads up, seven up, or duck, duck, goose. <laughs> Those are the choices. Yeah. No tag. Cool. Well, well, hide and seek is basically tag. Oh, I guess that's true. I mean, if, if, yeah. if you tag them when you find hide them. To me, is the original tag. I think tag stole a stun. It's drifted down to its, its most essential elements, which is pushing someone you know very hard. Yeah. Right. But uh, when I was a kid, we played ditch which is different because you have Ooh. to pitch one person and they have to find the others. And when they find someone like a zombie game, that person's like a zombie with you. Then there's oh. two for the rest. I think that was my childhood, except they didn't have a name for it. I guess I can substitute <laughs> ditch with hide and seek. It's more original. Hide and don't sink. I think is, is, is that one. Cool. Um, Do you have a name for it? Is it Abed land? land? I guess Abed land. <laughs> All right. I am down with Abed land. Okay, Do you have got to bring to... your own food to it or like rummage for food from the trash cans? No, it's <laughs> it's like the Hollywood Bowl. It's like you bring your own beer because I, I don't want to be responsible okay. for talking that place. Because <laughs> it's like you got Uncle Johnny wants his Johnny Walker and then uh, Aunt May wants her like sweet wine. It's like they're never going to get along. They're never going to agree to get. So it's BYOB. Yeah, or uh, I guess B for boots. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or beef. I mean, maybe you want to bring your own beef. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Is there a place where you can cook your own beef? Like, like uh... classic days when I grew up, we have these outdoor facilities that are like, the, they're all covered with charcoal, you know, but like the one with the picnic where you can turn the things. You bring your own charcoal. I guess it's, you bring your own charcoal too, and you fry up whatever you got. Yeah, you they got that for, I think, like campgrounds and stuff. Or, or people are vegan, so maybe you got potatoes in the car. You can heat those up. On the barbecue grills that are in the park. The thing Could there is, be like a potato farm there? Yeah, that you dig or up your like, own potatoes. Well, or you bring a potato, take a potato. You know what? <laughs> On the way to this park, we have wonderful people by the side of the road selling strawberries and potatoes. And what did he just say? Squash? What did you say? Squash. We'll say squash. We said squash now. There's one that it, I think it's meat. It might be cat. Affect all of them. They are, they're all, it's like they're carnies. They're doing their thing. I like that you just described like Griffith Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Minus the like, pretty much. Fruit vendors on the way in. There's grills. You have to watch out for snakes. Yep. <laughs> oh, there's snakes. There's lots of them. And uh, impromptu hacky sack games too. Careful. 
the snakes are part of the attraction because when you're playing hide and ditch, what's better than running away from a snake? I mean, that's excitement. Plus, it adds an element of excitement to it. You know, is this guy a really good ditch player or did he just get bitten by a snake and he's like under some shrub somewhere? Yeah, it's an obstacle. Yeah, I I think you get it. Well, you'd probably be my first customer. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I I think get it now before before the tickets go. Awesome. It's free. Oh, nice. Okay, I will just show up. Come as you are. I don't have any rules, so if you want to show up naked, that's fine. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not really dressed up that much these days, so. I'm not saying for you to show up naked. I'm saying, in general, people can't. <laughs> so not me specifically. No yeah, judging. I had to make that clear. Oh, trust me. If I come naked, there's there's going to be some judging. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Michael, how about you? What's your dream tourist trap? Okay, how many of you know about DB Cooper? I do. Yes. Right. The, for the Reader's Digest version, D.B. Cooper uh, was a guy who, in 1971, hijacked a Boeing 727 uh, and negotiated for $200,000 and two parachutes. And he jumped out of the plane while it was in in, in the sky, like mid-flight. It was like on Pacific a parachute, Northwest, right? What's that? It was like over the Pacific Northwest or am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, it was in Washington State. Okay. Uh, so woods. Lots of woods. Lots of woods. Over the woods, middle of nowhere, jumps out of plane. He's never found. The FBI has been investigating this since it happened. So f- over 40 years in the, I think in 1980, like in the area, they found some of the money, um, like what, like on a riverbed, but they've never found uh, anything else. Is it's, there a movie with Jason Robards playing him? Um, Probably. There is Early that, 70s. Um, oh, what's the name of it? Yes. It's not without a paddle, but, or maybe it yeah. is. There's also a comedy, isn't there? It's like a yeah. maybe with Jamie Kennedy, I think. Yes, yes. Where they're looking for the money. Oh, that's funny. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know that that was the plot of Without a Paddle with Jamie Kennedy. That might not be the right movie. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> Jamie but it's Kennedy a movie that's very similar. Or is it Seth Green? Seth Green. Yes, he's. The, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. So the the town nearest to where he jumped is a tiny little town called Ariel, Washington. Uh, it is on like a a little highway, middle of nowhere, by a lake. And they do do like a yearly D.B. Cooper like festival. But like a yearly festival, that's not enough. I want a full D.B. Cooper experience. So here's the tourist trap. Housed in, housed in the fuselage of a Boeing 727, same kind of plane that he jumped from, we start with a mini museum dedicated to the D.B. Cooper story and any artifacts that they can obtain, probably some of the money, since that's what they found, you know. Uh, docents who are leading the museum tour are dressed as D.B. Cooper himself, black suit, black tie, sunglasses. Uh, we then go to the photo op section where you can take a picture of yourself in like, um, in a recreation of the seats on the plane where you can also put on your own D.B. Cooper costume, black suit, black tie, sunglasses. Uh, Then you then exit out the side door of the plane, just like he jumped out of, but you exit out. And that takes you to one of the skydive simulators that you see at like state fairs or universal city. So you get like, Oh, it's like, you can simulate the skydive portion. And then you can go to the, um, the nearby quote unquote river, which is an artificial sluice way that they built where you can pan for bills, fake $100 <laughs> bills with the tourist traps logo on them. That, sure. You, awesome. might, 
you can, it might cost $10 for this opportunity, but occasionally there's a real $1 bill that might float by. So you get some money back and then your experience ends at the gift shop where you can buy all sorts of local goods and your own black suit, black tie and sunglasses. That's the DB Cooper experience. Cool. Uh, question about the money. Yeah. Because money doesn't really float. I think it's laminated money, right? Or am I? Yeah, it'll float like it's on water. Yeah, we can just laminate it too. Now, the thing is, for D.B. Cooper, my personal belief is he got killed by a Bigfoot. So are we going to incorporate Bigfoot into the D.B. Cooper Museum? If you've ever been to Washington State or Oregon, Bigfoot is incorporated into every (laughs) single thing. It goes without saying. All he can back me up. Yes. <laughs> I've heard some crazy Bigfoot tales in my day, I tell you. I have too. Yeah. Did you hear about yeah. his wife, Sasquatchina? No. No. Tell us about Sasquatchina. I guess, I guess he has a wife, and my friend said, I mean, I think he was on hallucinogens, but he saw like Sasquatchina, Bigfoot, and the sun coming over horizon. Wow. So That's very beautiful. Wait, the the best son or their son? Their son. Uh, oh. Just no. imagine like a backlit. Sasquatch. That's what I thought too. <laughs> well, I thought their child was the son. Like you know, the, it's a creation myth. With oh, oh no, no, not the, the actual. No, okay. They have a okay. tiny. Hey, I'm Tommy Sasquatch, little kid. Like the one from Munster. Sasquatch Junior. Yeah, Sassy. he's like Eddie Munster style, but Sasquatch. <laughs> oh, Sasquatch Junior! What trouble have you gotten into again? Yeah, he's like Dennis the Menace. He has like a slingshot in his back pocket. He's <laughs> <laughs> always tormenting those park rangers. Right. They're like, oh, oh, that's picnic basket. Really you did it again. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. I don't know which one of these I go to first. They all sound good. But uh, I think we're wrapping up and we're going on to our second topic, which is a surprise topic. From our producer, take it away, Tyler McPhail. Hey, guys. So, uh, producer Tyler here. You know, summer is really, really big. You know, everybody likes to be active and be, you know, a you know, and and do things. They they want to do things so badly. So of course everybody's playing video games right now. But beach towels are not being sold. We need beach towels to be cool again. We need video game characters on beach towels. What do you got for me? Well I would put that one character whoever wants to go first can go first because I don't play a lot of video games. I'm gonna go for it. Oh, you're oh, gonna go. Uh, for it. Well, I mean, I, I play a lot of Animal Crossing, so I really yeah. like that that <laughs> duck that wakes up on the on the on the beach. He looks like Donald. Oh yeah, um, Gulliver. Yeah, Gulliver. Gulliver. He would be good as a beach towel because he has that <laughs> sailory style. Oh, awesome! I have, in lieu of going out, been playing a ton of World of Warcraft. So I'm thinking, get a beach towel with a code that unlocks the beach towel in the game. <laughs> And if you wear the beach towel, you can like travel to any beach. So it's it's got an in-game benefit. Nice. That's a really what, good one. Thank you. What yeah. if instead of a video game, you print a board game on Ooh. a beach towel? Oh. Because you could easily that. have like Twister on a bo- uh, beach towel, and That's you could true. actually play that. Um, I or I have no one thought of that. A few other games. Yeah, you could just no, use. Genius. I want that out. Empty yeah. Mountain Dew cans as like playing pieces, <laughs> things yeah. that you have around your house. <laughs> That's you know, if you go to the beach, like just broken glass and cigarettes yeah. can be the uh, the player tokens. Yeah, 
Twister, it takes on a new dimension because at the beach, you've got the, the suntan stuff on. So you're extra slippery, True. which can help or hinder. So it adds <laughs> a brand new dimension. To what about mousetrap on a, on a uh, beach oh, towel? Jesus. <laughs> that would be wow. very dangerous. <laughs> like, why do you guys are afraid of that? That's, it sounds fun. All the pieces <laughs> would be so sandy and broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That said, if I were a kid... And I got to play like a, a life-size version of Mousetrap where I get to get caught in the cage. That would be that would be mind-blowingly awesome to kid me, you know? <laughs> Kinky. <laughs> more like you're waiting to get caught and the thing's going down. You know, kids, they love the anticipation of something happening. Uh, I, you know what I would do for my beach towel? I would do, um, so you print on the beach towel like a game map you know, like Legend of Zelda, like when you see the like mm-hmm. the map of all the different world like areas. Uh, oh, that's a good idea. I would yeah. do that on a beach towel, and then it's like it's functional. Some maps yeah. are better than others, though. You got to pick the right one. Yeah, I think Legend of Zelda would be good, or like or like Super Mario, some- like the first level. Like you just do like the the panoramic first level of Super Mario Brothers. Oh like, right, yeah. that should be in a loot crate. Absolutely. I mean, it's an extra large towel. It, it saves the inevitable fights. Like you just tell each kid, okay, you get Mario Kart Land and you you get Peach's Castle and stay off the other kid's towel. Yeah, it could be like a <laughs> rainbow road track. Oh, I like that. All right. Well, well, plus, we need bigger towels to enforce social distancing. So that's like a win-win. <laughs> well, all righty. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to go and target to, uh, to the other board members and we'll never get back to you again. Thank you. They're going to make a ton of money off this. We won't see a dime. Oh, well. Hollywood, am I right? Yeah. Moving on. Speaking of Hollywood, a, 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 what is it? Old, almost ageless, at least back to the 1960s, tradition of TV shows is the vacation episode. We've seen Greg Brady with the cursed idol. We've seen <laughs> Fozzie jumping over the shark. Um, I'm trying to think, what are some other great vacation, classic vacation oh, the, TV episodes? That matters at Disneyland is good. Oh yeah. wow, yeah, yeah. There was there was also to get new. There was a really good uh, blackish episode of where they go to Disneyland. Uh, yeah, had Jim Rash. There was a good Perfect Strangers where they're just in L.A. <laughs> I think a lot of people like Vernon Shirley did that too, because you could always go to L.A. because you right. were actually in L.A. You know, they were like mm-hmm. tourists kind of thing, and they were running from like gangsters. <laughs> I think I Love Lucy might have been the first we're going to L.A. one. Right, you're right. And then, so. you know, of course, because Ricky had a Hollywood show. You know, Ricky Ricky got booked in L.A., and so they all got in the car. That's right. Okay, but a great tradition, but it's it's kind of, how should I put it, falling out of favor. You had the blackish, but in general, we sort of forgot to do the vacation TV episode. So I'm asking all of you today, pitch me a brand new vacation episode of a, of a, of a TV show, existing or I'll do recently canceled, too. I'll, I'll leave it open. But a recent TV show doing a vacation episode. Whom haven't I started with yet? I think, I think Abed, if it's okay, I'm going to start with you. Tell me well, about me your... Ask, yeah, let me ask you something, because you said recent. Um, I, I was doing a lot of research on an old show. Oh, no <laughs> worries. Okay, I'm expanding it to be any TV show. Okay. Time travel will become a thing, and we can go back and, and insert vacation TV episodes. Of this, I, I have complete faith. Well, here's my pitch. Uh, have you guys been to Prim? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, Nevada. It's sort of the the cheap version of Vegas, right? It's the version I like. I I spend more time there than Vegas. Yeah, is it just over the state line? Am I remembering correctly? Mm-hmm. Right when you enter, uh, 
I think, Nevada, right? It's yes. There. It's for everybody who has to gamble at the earliest second possible. Yeah, it's gambling maniacs that just can't wait. Yeah. It uh, does have a roller coaster. That's yeah. right. It's in the casino. Yeah. <laughs> that's the coolest thing. It also looks like the, the uh, ride at Disneyland, the um, uh, Splash Mountain. And they have a mo- do they have a monorail that goes like across the, the freeway too? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's wacky. I, I've been there and, and I was sort of blown away by it. Uh, but my toe would be like, I'm, I'm obsessed with who's the boss. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I would have like Mona wakes up and she's hungover and she got married in prim. And so basically she drags the entire family to go there to get divorced. A whirlwind Vegas divorce. Right. And, and then, because we all want to see Tony and Angela get married, they accidentally get married. Very who's the boss? Because Tony's like, well, maybe we should stay married, Angela. And she's like, Tony, I don't think so. You know, like how they talk. And then, and then you know, the kids so are having a very fun. good Judith Light impression. <laughs> Tony, this isn't right. I don't think so. Come on, I we're like, married, Angela. We're kids. Like, really? Uh, I love Judith Light. She's kind of my favorite character now. Ah, because when I was a kid, I liked Mona and Tony. But as I'm rewatching them, Judith Light is incredible. Like she's just got really good timing with Tony Danza, and like she's the unsung hero of the show. But anyway, that's my pitch. (laughs) I think it ends where Mona gets divorced, but Tony and Angela actually get married. But then some shenanigans happen, and they're still married when they get back. So it's kind of like a secret. Oh. Wait, Do so they what, both know what would be like the B plot? Like what's what's um Samantha doing? Oh well Samantha, she basically I didn't really come up with a story for it, I'll be honest. I think maybe Jonathan makes a lot of money gambling. Like he somehow cons uh Samantha to give him all this money and then she has to figure out a way to like pay it back. There's another okay. episode that's like What about okay, so let's say Jonathan like because it's illegal for the kids to be like gambling, yeah. right? So what if like Jonathan puts a quarter into a slot machine and he ends up winning a ton of money? And right. then like they come to him like, well, you this was illegal. You can't, you couldn't have won this money. So they they have to try to convince the casino that Jonathan has that uh, disease where he's he's old, but he looks young. Or opposite Methuselah syndrome. That's yeah. Right. So and then so in Samantha, yeah. oh, so the- he, he tells uh, them that Samantha is his daughter. So then Samantha has to pretend to be Jonathan's daughter while Jonathan pretends to be an older person, so they can keep this money. That's actually <laughs> that's uh, ten times better than what I thought. The boss, because for this episode, he's the dad. He's the boss. Right. Jonathan becomes the boss. Every episode, there's a new boss, is what I figured out. But I haven't seen it as much. They don't let Jonathan be the boss that much. It's sort of a special episode. There is an episode where he's the boss. Everyone owes him money. Oh, okay. Cool. So, that, so I'm telling you, each episode has a boss. <laughs> um, did you know that Judith Light yes. almost hit me with her car once? Really? That's yeah, it was hilarious, right? I was crossing the street, and I like I had the walk sign, and I'm starting to cross, and this car like turns right, like it almost hits me, and I look yeah. in the window. And it's Judith Light, and she does like the oh sorry, like with her hands. And oh, like, oh my god! It's like Angela, it's the character coming after you. That's hilarious. <laughs> Angela, I can totally see her character doing that. 
Yeah, I don't know how to drive, Tony. And then like Tony's yeah, like, Angela me, but I love your work. I, awesome. I made that sound wrong the way I said it, but trust me, Angela's not really a good driver. She has Tony driver to work, actually. It's it's oh. canon, it's show canon that Angela is not a good driver. Ah. So sort well, of like the, Tony, the Tony and both. Is that she can't do anything because she's rich. But she's also a go-getter. She's like a businesswoman. But Tony has to do like everything else in the show. Like he has to clean the drapes. He has to make the pizza. He has to take Jonathan to baseball practice. Oh my! So she's the one percent essentially. Yeah, she can't do it. There's one where she's trying to like I think vacuum or something, and she's like, "Tony, what's happening?" And like you know, something gets destroyed. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Weird. Even oh, Mona jokes about my daughter's dumb. <laughs> Doesn't matter though, because you can be rich and dumb. As you know, take a look at the world. It's sort of huh? like the eighties, um, where everything was becoming convenient for people. So people were just like relying on, oh, my housekeeper will do it. This person will do it. You know what I mean? Like society was starting to get lazier. Everything just it was like more convenient. You know, everything was about convenience. So it's like the less you had to do, like you had to microwave something because you needed to be done quicker. Like oh, everything yeah. was like time for that. It's the eighties. I'm doing coke. I got to run off and do something. Yeah, and now we're making our own bread. It's like full circle, you know? It's completely changed now, yeah. Time is funny. Anyways, moving on. Michael, <laughs> let's hear your TV vacation episode. Okay, I'm I'm very happy with this one because uh, I am pitching a vacation episode of the hit History Channel series, Ancient Aliens. <gasps> oh! Wow. <laughs> All right, so... You'll see what I'm riffing on here in a moment. So this episode centers around Giorgio Tsoukalos, who is the guy with the hair. Everyone knows. Yes. He's and the main guy. He's the main guy. Uh, and then we also are going to feature Eric Von Daniken, yes. who is the author of Chariots of the Gods, a convicted felon, and an overt racist. A book uh, I read in junior high. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, really? Super racist. Uh, that becomes a plot point. Uh, okay. And then we're also going to feature George Norrie, who's the radio host. Uh, he took over Coast to Coast AM from Art Bell. He's uh, Oh, really? He's that guy. Yeah. George Norrie. So. He's the shitty Art Bell. He's the, he's just the bourbon. Bell. Can we say shitty Art Bell? No. Art Bell definitely it. not. I love Art <laughs> Bell. <laughs> I, love I, mean, Art I know Bell it was too. on the X-Files, so he can't be all bad. But, right. Uh. <laughs> Okay, so in this episode, Giorgio is invited to Hawaii to inspect a new dig site that may reveal an ancient spaceship. He invites Eric and George along for a working vacation. And we get a fun touristy montage before going to the dig site, which turns out just to be a regular construction site where they're building a parking garage. But then Eric Von Doniken finds a strange metallic figurine that appears to be metal, but also is very light. But it also appears to show an ancient astronaut in a high-tech outfit, but with distinctly non-Aryan features. Oh, he takes it and hides it in his luggage because this could upend everything he believes about human history. Could this figure represent an unknown piece of Earth history? Perhaps. Meanwhile, Giorgio visits a surf shop. And being recognized by the owner, he's offered a special surfboard that is rumored to be made from a mysterious space metal and carved with ancient glyphs that could be in extraterrestrial language. Could the first surfers on Earth actually have been aliens? 
and taught surfing to primitive humans. How else could they learn, really? How else? So buoyed by this new discovery, he enters a surfing contest. (laughs) While surfing, Giorgio is distracted by the thought that maybe he's just a charlatan and a liar, and he falls into the water and is nowhere to be found. So Eric and George Nori back at the hotel you inspired by john from cincinnati no (laughs) so eric and george nori are on their way to a hula dance lesson when eric for uh, realized he forgot his grass skirt in his room george nori offers to go back to the room and get it and and goes back to the room but finds the mysterious figurine in eric's luggage realizing that this might be a real historic find he goes to eric and confronts him eric who who (laughs) remember is a racist tries to get the figurine back so the rest of the episode is a spy versus spy style back and forth with them stealing the figurine from each other. Eventually, Eric chases George back to the dig site and then into a cave. There they are confronted by surprise guest star, William Shatner. Only because oh. Leonard Nimoy is dead. It should be Leonard Nimoy, but he's dead. Shatner oh. reveals that the figure is actually a limited edition metallic variant Funko Pop of maskless Black Panther. <laughs> Realizing that they've been fighting over a toy, George Norrie and William Shatner club Eric Von Dyneken over the head with a rock and leave him in the cave to be covered in concrete and to be entombed forever. George Norrie is then walking along the beach, wondering where he went wrong in his life. When out of the water, Giorgio appears, his hair still perfect. He comes <laughs> out of the water, and when asked what happened to him, Giorgio looks and says, It was, and then we fade to black. <laughs> Wait, is there like surprised. a two part? I thought it was going to be a tiki cup, like they're fighting over it. And then they find out they get like Singapore slings for half off at the bar if they have the cup. That, I, that would have been good, too. But I thought it would be funny to do as a Funko Pop and have it upend the horrific <laughs> racist uh, Eric Von Donikin's worldview. John, awesome. I brought up John from Cincinnati because that's a show about a surfer from Mars. Oh. Hey, is he from Mars or isn't he just Jesus? I mean, he's, he's an Mars- alien, basically. Oh, I didn't realize that he was an alien. I thought he was just Jesus Christ. Well, they, I haven't. No, don't they leave it open? Because that's a deflection, I think. Uh, but don't leave it open because it only had one season. Like they probably would have explained it in season two. Yes. A very special holiday, ancient aliens, and a racist gets entombed in concrete. What's not to love? So, Molly, we've had two excellent examples of Hollywood uh, of uh, holiday episodes, and I'm sure we're about to have three. Tell us your very special episode. All right, so I have chosen a show that has had multiple vacation episodes, uh, which is which is Full House, which was uh, the sitcom I watched the most when I was a kid because I think I was the same age as Michelle. So it's a, I can't even watch it now, but when I was a kid, I really liked it. I love Full House, love it. All right, so my pitch is that Uncle Jesse Costopoulos decides that he wants to find out more about his extended family, so he convinces everybody to go with him on a trip to Greece. Um, They head to Greece and Uncle Jesse discovers that his family came to America as part of a witness protection program um, (laughs) because they were deeply involved in a uh, large Greek Greek crime syndicate called the Rippers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So while Jesse is there, he does become Jesse and the Rippers. Um, 
<laughs> he uh, is met with a lot of kindness once people find out who he is. They hear his name. They recognize him. Um, and he finds out that his family had a bit of a Pablo Escobar type presence in the community. So the people there really liked him, but he was they were still doing a lot of crazy shit. Um, but he sees only the good first. And he starts yeah. to kind of fall in love with that lifestyle and starts to fall back into it. Um, meanwhile, uh, notorious neat freak uh, Danny Tanner has a lot of trouble saying the name Grease. Um, he <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so he's, <laughs> he's coming up with alternative names for the country, trying to avoid saying it as much as possible. Um, <laughs> Uncle Joey ends up getting kidnapped by a rival gang at one point, but nobody really cares or does anything about it. Um, <laughs> Hard take. Wow. <laughs> he, he, he was treated badly on the show. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, no one really likes him anyway in real life, I think. So. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> You're still in the tea. Wow. <laughs> Behind the sitcom. Yes. I like, uh, now tell me a little bit about the Greek mafia. Like, are they upset that the Italian mafia gets all the press in America? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely like a knockoff version. Um, so <laughs> things are similar, but just a little bit off and not as well done. So it's like headed by the stepfather? Yes. Ah. Do they say things like, tonight he's going to sleep with the goats? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of concrete shoes, it's like hummus shoes. <laughs> they just kind of like melt away when you go into the water. You've got to wait for the hummus to harden. It doesn't harden. <laughs> uh, can I ask you a question? Because you're um, a Full House fan. Do you know why um, Jesse's last name changed? Why did it? I didn't realize that it did change. It was something else before Katsopolis. It was like, I can't remember, but they changed his last name, and I don't know why they did that. I did not know that. Well, maybe that was part of witness protection. Yeah. Oh, my God. It could be the in-canon explanation. Like, you get the letter from the FBI. You can change your name. Was it it something sort of ethnically neutral before? Because that might have been. It was like... I think it was weird. Like it, when I heard it, I was like, that's not a normal last name. And then Kasopoulos sounds kind of sexy. I was also thinking it might be good if uh, Aunt Becky is in prison in the show too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe he's like calling her back, like collect call or she's calling collect calls and giving him like crime tips that she's learning from the inside, like how to be a better criminal. Oh mm. man. She could be like, um, cause she was kind of a reporter, right? Or was she just she like was- a- a TV Danny's host. co-host, yeah, <laughs> on the Wake Up San Francisco. I was yeah. gonna say like maybe she could be going oh, undercover in prison. Do you yeah. like face? Uh, you know Kelly and uh, Regis Philbin. She was Kelly. Oh, okay. in the show. Okay, cool. Yeah. Could we have Felicity Huffman do like this cameo? Just show up and say, "Ah, you should have you should have cut a deal, Aunt Becky." Yeah, I, I like her a lot. I think she would fit on the show. She yeah. would definitely. They and could then, be part of a a rival gang. Maybe that could be. Mm. That's good. And then get William H. Macy involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can we have Kimmy in the episode oh, saying I that she hid in one of their suitcases? Yes. And, and maybe like she gets like. Open the suitcase and she jumps out like in the hotel. Or it could take a darker turn and she stows away but is frozen from the high altitude Ooh. on the airplane. And they open oh, up the suitcase and they have to 
get rid of her. Well, what well, are the high reality? They just have to thaw her out. Yeah. Well, or they could just thaw her out. Yeah. Like they put her in the okay. shower to thaw, and they forget her. The the, the yeah. thing. Yeah. She comes out. Hey, I thawed out. Where is everybody? Does and then it, laugh like, track freeze frame oh. credits roll? Yes. Okay. So Molly was. Did you finish your pitch? Was that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so do you guys know that they filmed the pilot with a different Danny Tanner originally? Yeah, yeah, I do about that. I did not know that. Yeah, it's a different comedian um, who, like, he, like, I think he, he had to choose between doing the Full House pilot and then doing something else, like that would have he had like he had to choose to do the Full House pilot or do like a movie or something. But Uh, from what I researched, he was basically this anchor guy for like it was like a wake up san francisco style show in san francisco and he was like a comedy kind of guy and and, and it was like I, he did the pilot for full house but he was going to go back to his job oh. and then he chose to do uh right he chose to do full house yeah oh maybe it was like it was something where like ultimately this was bad like it was very bad for him that he thought this was going to be like his big break and then he gets oh. replaced after the pilot and that guy has gone on to have a decent career like right, as right. character roles on like on dramas and that kind of thing. So it's not like he is a hobo living in a van, but well, he just like, right. it's right. kind of like, like an Ernie Hudson in Ghostbusters kind of thing where he thought he was going to be a huge part of it. Oh, and then was sidelined by the um, stars. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause going in, it was supposed to be Eddie Murphy. So there's probably, right. so they wrote it really big that, that has a lot more for the Ernie Hudson character to do. Right. Molly, have you seen the the Full House uh, Lifetime like movie? No, you gotta watch not. that. It's great. That does sound really good. If you're a fan, like remember Lifetime did those? They did a Saved by the Bell one. Yeah, like yes, story of the show, and then the Full House one is is incredible. <laughs> those are great. There, there's a Salt and Pepper well, one. There's, there's that's the really lovely good Uncanny too. Valley, right? Yeah, but for sitcoms, there's that weird Uncanny Valley of you see the sitcom again with different actors that's why i i didn't like the saved by the bell one but for some reason the full house one was really good like like it was like entertaining that it was so weird years ago like literally i think like 20 years ago i think like in the early 2000s uh they did a threes company like behind the scenes tv movie right Uh, i remember that i remember that it's like the girl who plays um the brunette um joyce chouette Joyce DeWitt. So the actress who plays Joyce DeWitt in it, like she shows up in a lot of stuff. Like she's also, she's had a decent career on her own. Uh, But whenever she appears in something, I was like, you played Joyce DeWitt in the Three's Company TV movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, it's the, my, it's my touchstone for that actress. Was it mostly about the Suzanne Summers leaving and getting replaced? Yeah. It was all about the drama behind Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and centered on the Susan Summers thing. Yeah. Well, apparently all of them got along except for her, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I mean, uh, they also replaced Norman Fell, but I think that was because they wanted to make the Ropers a thing. I, I <laughs> love the Ropers as a spinoff. I used to watch that in syndication. They, they'd show I, Three's Company and then the Ropers. Oh, wow. Okay. It was like four episodes, right? Is it that few? I would think it would have been like a, a full season, but maybe I, not. Yeah, back in the day, they gave you like a full 13, I think. I, I've only seen because Nick at Night used to show them. Because, yeah, I mean, Three's Company was so huge. It was sort of like, I, I would see it getting a bigger one just because they're like, of course, this will be a hit. Well, in, in the um, 
in the Ropers show, what's his face? Uh, the guy from Rest Development. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, Jeffrey Tabor. Yep. Like the annoyed neighbor. <laughs> like a, a womanizer. Yeah. Man, he was it's in like so much Jen stuff. And, uh, Suzanne Summers show up, though, so he thinks <laughs> like a swinging guy. <laughs> you think? Wait, he thinks Mr. Roper is a swinging guy? Yeah, and it's classic Three's Company. You know, he a misunderstanding. Just, yeah. Yes. Does he eavesdrop on a conversation and then misconstrue it? He's basically. I remember it pretty well. He's he's watering the lawn and the screen door is open, and then he sees Roper's trying to learn how to dance for uh-huh. Jen and Summers, and they're dancing with him, and so he sees that. Like him dancing, and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> they're clearly having sex. You cat, yeah, you going on in there? Do you, uh, okay, I know Molly is too young, um, but do you guys remember the Susan Summers like her her sitcom show that she got? She's the sheriff. Oh, she's the sheriff. I remember that it exists. I that- have a VHS tape that's literally <laughs> it's an episode of Different Strokes and an episode of She's the Sheriff and an episode of a show called He's the Mayor which were on at the same time, which the premise of he's the mayor was that it was a, it was a young black guy is mayor of a major city. And that was enough of a premise wow. that they could do. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I bet that show holds up really well. It, uh, it does not. And he's the mayor of the same town. No, that would be, that would be synergy, but no, yeah, she's the sheriff. She's the sheriff of like a small podunk town. And I wonder, was that like a trend, uh, uh, just a whole mess of he's a, she's the occupation sitcoms? <laughs> I bet you you could do, like, I bet you could find a list of sitcom titles that are all just, like, declarative. She's the sheriff. He's the mayor. He's a dog. <laughs> like that. My accountant is a ghost. I'm a car. My mother, the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that actually, I think that started as a parody of like those high concept 50 sitcoms like Bewitched and such. And oh, they yeah. turned it into an actual thing they were making fun of. Ah, television. <laughs> ah, I love all of these pitches. But uh, listeners, please tell us what you think. You can uh, let us know your favorite pitches or, hey, even if you've got a better one, shoot at us. We are at uh, Twitter and other things. Before we go, let's hear some plugs. Michael, what are you plugging these days? You can find me on my website, buymichaeltanner.com. You can find me at Twitter at just uh, what Mike is Ernie at twitter.com. You know how the internet works. Yeah, that's it for right now. I've got a Kickstarter that will be launching early August oh, for nice. a one-shot comic called The Mutant Warrior. Uh, it's a loving homage to uh, 90s comics. So that's it. Lots of muscles and pouches, I'm guessing. Yep. Awesome. Molly, how about you? Where can we find you? Um, I am on Twitter at Ham Village. Um, you can also, by the time this comes out, uh, season 10 of Robot Chicken should be out. I worked on that, made puppets. Um, it airs on Adult Swim on a day of the week at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, watch that to see some of my handiwork. So it's one of those TV shows that's still on a channel at a time. That's, that's cool. Yes. (laughs) Probably a weekend, probably at night. (laughs) and uh abed how about you well i'm on twitter as abed g and instagram is abed g and um if you have hbo max um i worked on apple and onion in another show called tig and seek but my episodes are going to be like i think way along down the line (laughs) uh but you need to see the early episodes to get caught up yeah i mean okay Apple Money is a fantastic cartoon, and, and those are those are up now. I don't know when Ticket Seat comes out, but I believe it'll be soon. What is the, what is the premise of Apple and Onion? I mean, is it an uh, Apple and Onion more friends, or? Yeah, it's it's an Apple and Onion that are roommates and they hang out. 
Cool. Uh, I mean, that's all you need, really. I was... It's really funny, actually. It's more for kids, but I had a wonderful time working on it. But I, I don't think I my episodes show up to like season two. Cool. Okay, so we will keep an eye. All you Apple and Onion fans, keep watching because you got some of that on the way. My name's Andy Nordvall. I got links all over the place, but I put them in one place, andynordvall.com. Thanks for listening. And check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. And hey, check out our site, thegrandgeekgathering, all one word, dot com, for our articles, other shows, and much, much more. You can stay updated from our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our outro music is by Kalal Laurent, so come and join the gathering. Have a great week and GGG. Grand Geek Gathering.